0: Upon the Son of Man. Uh, more than this, we have several that have an organized uh, camp out this weekend. Many are going there. There's also, a, I know, a harvest meeting up at Pleasant Ridge that summer too, and um, so we've, we continue to have worship service here for those of us that uh, was not able to go to those things, and we welcome you to worship with us this morning. Thanks for coming. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Colossians. appreciated the opening, Phil. There is a great power in the Word of God, and both as a shield and a buckler, and I appreciated those thoughts this morning. The Titanic was a great ship that was very... uh, Famous, became very infamous overnight when it went down one night with over 1,500 people on it. You're familiar with the story of the Titanic. James Cameron was the director of the contemporary movie, The Titanic, and he said words like this He said, The Titanic, we're all we are all on the Titanic. The Titanic is a metaphor of life. Now I don't personally agree with that statement. I think that that statement gives this life a bit of hopelessness, that there is no hope and that we're all going down. I don't think the word of God reveals that to us today through Jesus Christ. But to those who put everything that they have, all of their stock, into this life and what it represents, if our, if our hope and, our, and everything that we are is wrapped up in this life, then in a sense that is true. Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19, that if in this life only we have hope, we have of all men most miserable. And I think sometimes our anxiety and our miserableness comes because of that. Maybe we have too much stock in this life. The Bible tells us that there is a great hope beyond this life. That there is a purpose that God has designed in and through this life that leads to a greater life. And that comes through, as you know, as believers in him, that comes through Jesus Christ and him alone. Our hope is stayed in him. And when the things of this life disappoint us, maybe shipwreck us, when, when our life hits a great wall or possibly an iceberg, so to speak, we feel like we're going down. But when we have hope in Jesus Christ, we can keep our head above water and we can live for our hope is in him. This life is not a Titanic. We can have hope in Jesus Christ. The Titanic was introduced as insinkable. And this life is advertised that way as well. That great ship had watertight compartments. And it was designed at that point like no other ship and therefore, the engineers totally believed that it was unsinkable. On September 1st, 1985, when the ruins of the Titanic was finally discovered, many were surprised because it had been stated that that uh, Titanic had this huge gash down the side of its hull when it struck that iceberg, and that those watertight compartments were so damaged that's why the ship went down. When the ruins were discovered, it was proclaimed that there was no gash, but one watertight compartment got a slow leak in it and that ship began slowly to take on water that evening and that one damaged watertight compartment affected the rest of the compartments and the ship, of course, finally went down. The unsinkable sank. I used to view my life as having different compartments. Me, I suppose it's, it's maybe more more for us men sometimes, but often sometimes women as well, tend to compartmentalize our lives. We, we think we have different compartments, different areas of our life. I thought when I was younger that, that the decisions that I made in one compartment didn't really affect the other compartments. Or maybe the pain that I received in one compartment, I could hide, I could bury, and it really wouldn't come out or have effect in other compartments. The older I became, and actually I'm still learning, I've learned that my life is not divided into compartments, into separate rooms, there are many different areas of our life, I believe, that requires special focus, special attention, but they're not separate rooms or separate compartments. The Bible proclaims the truth in His Word, not mentioned a lot, but it's an overall theme of the entire, especially New Testament, the entire Bible really, that Christ has preeminence over all, over every area of our life. And that's why we're turning to the book of Colossians chapter 1. I'll read for a text. The title of this morning's message is The Preeminence of Christ. Verses 12 through 20 of chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father Were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church who is the the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And I'll stop reading there. Maybe you are like I am, or like I expressed that I have been, where you tend to divide your life up into different compartments, different separate areas. As we consider the idea of giving Christ the preeminence, and that word preeminence simply means first in rank and in order, and there can be more to that, I would like to invite us, each one, to give Christ the preeminence in every area of our life. There are two primary ideas to this thought of giving Christ the preeminence in our life. If you think about listing out the different areas in your life, one is that that Christ would be first. So you list out all the different priorities, all the different areas in your life, and you put Christ first. And I support that idea in part, Christ must be first in our life. But with that comes the contradiction then if we only put Christ at the top of that list. So with that comes the idea, for example, that I get up in the morning and I have uh, devotions in the Word of God and and I make Him first in my day. And that's great, I support that. But with that comes the idea that I can then check off the, that, that, that I have made him first in my day and then I go through the rest of my day without him. Thinking that I've given him preeminence because I've made him first. When you really get into the idea of Christ being preeminent in everything in our life, If you're into making lists, and if you do categorize your life in every area, he must have preeminence, not first, not only first, but he must be first and preeminent in every area all the way down your list. For example, if you take your life and Divided up into different time slots. We have childhood, puberty, teenage years, young adults, adult life, older, elderly. And if you reflect on your past life in those different time slots, have you given Christ the preeminence? in every area of your life. Or you can divide your life up into different responsibilities. School and education, work, occupations, all the challenges, it's been mentioned challenges in our occupations today and in our schools. For some, marriage, parenting, church, community extended family neighbors, our health recreation all these different areas of responsibility in our life have you given Christ the preeminence in each of those areas reflect on those areas, joys sorrows Again, sometimes pain, challenges. Has Christ had the preeminence? Is he bigger? Is he first in rank in all of those areas? I think it's easy for us to take those areas of, whether it's time eras in our life or whether it's different responsibilities in our life, Sometimes we men call it wearing different hats, okay? Maybe, maybe you've got two occupations and you put on one hat at 7 o'clock in the morning and another one for your second job. And then you get the idea, you put on another hat for marriage, another hat for your, your uh, parenting, wearing different hats, some people call it, or dividing, compartmentalizing your life. I don't think the word of God supports the idea of us compartmentalizing our life and only giving Christ the area of preeminence in one area and possibly not the other area. Christ wants it all. He wants to be more than just first on our list. He wants to be first in every area of our life. And I'm learning that things orbit better. And synchronize better in my life when I give it all to him. When he has the preeminence in every area. Not just one compartment or two. Because when we give Christ preeminence in one area of our life. And for some it's just church life. And we do, we do real well at giving Christ the preeminence when we walk in these doors. Or when we go to mass on Saturday night. I I personally, I had an experience with a Catholic man recently, and I'll, I'll probably just not go into all of that, but sometimes it's easy for us to give Christ the preeminence when we're in church. But what about the rest of our life? That's really the message this morning. I'm learning that my life is one in him, not compartmentalized, and that he wants it all. And so I invite you to, to go ahead and make your list. Don't compartmentalize your life, but look at each area of your life. Is Christ just at the top of the list and not involved in all of the rest of the areas of your life? Invite Him into every area of your life. The meaning of Preeminence is first in rank, influence, place, position, and importance. Again, I'll reread verses 15 through 17. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven That are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist or are held together. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. I read these verses out of the message and it reads like this, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank of angels, Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. You see, everything was created by him and continues to work in and around him together for his purpose and for his glory. And not only created by him, but are made whole in him. He is superior in all things. The preeminence of this scripture brings out that the preeminence of Christ is larger than just our own personal life. So we must, I believe that, that God wants us to bring the preeminence of Christ into every area of our life like I explained. But really the preeminence of Christ is, is much larger than just our own personal life. It says here in verse 15 that Jesus is the image of God. And we can turn to, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 1. It says there in Colossians that Jesus is the image of the invisible God and it says here in verse 3, Hebrews 1, 3, that He is the express or the exact image of God. He is the brightness of His glory. So he is not just the reflection of God's glory. He is not just lit up by God's brightness, but he is the brightness and the glory of God. He is the image of his person. He is the brightness of his glory. He holds all things by the word of his power. And by himself he has purged our sins, it says here. That tells me that he is all in all. He has everything to do with cleansing you of your sin. He, is not just, he doesn't just have a part in your salvation, but he has the whole of it. He by himself purged our sins. Jesus is preeminent, it's saying here. And he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. It is done through Jesus Christ. Chapter 3, verse 3 says that this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. So he is above Moses. It said there in uh, chapter 1, it it goes on there, he is above all the angels. It says here in verse 3-3 that he is above Moses. It says here that he is the image of God, the express, the exact image of God. It says that he had everything to do with your salvation, not just a part in it. He didn't just play a part in it, but he had everything to do with your salvation. He did it all by himself, it says, that he purged our sins by himself. He is preeminent in all things. He completed the whole. And so it's no wonder that Colossians chapter 1:15 through 18 says that he is preeminent over all things. It's awesome to think about how that he made everything and that in him and by him everything is held together. You get the, you get the picture here. it's not, it's not that, th- that he has a, a part of in keeping the world together today. It's not that he had a part in creating it in the first place and now has a part in it, but he has the whole of it. Every, by him, everything is held together. Everything consists. Jesus Christ is the whole, and he has preeminence over all of it. And by him and in him, all things consist. Again, the Bible says that we were made in his image. We came in under him. We are made in his image. But he is the image, he is the express image, the exact image of God. He is it, he is God. He has the preeminence over all things. And yes, that that means all of it. So when we find discouragements in certain areas of our life, we come in the doors and, and so our church life is, yeah, we're all about Jesus. But what about our work life? What about when our our life gets thrown a curve? What about when a pandemic hits and then it hits again? What about the nations of this world and all the turmoil that we live under? What about all the different areas of your life, the challenging challenges with possibly parenting or grandparenting? Or maybe the problems with your parents. What about all these different areas of our life? Do we realize that Christ has the preeminence over all things? That he is above all of it? And that all of these things come in and around and under him and his control? It's only a reminder to us this morning. I know you believe this. But it's just a reminder that when these things come into our lives, these challenges, disappointments, sometimes it can look like, like the Titanic, that we're leaking slowly and that we're going down. We're not. The Bible says that we have hope in Him. And if... He has control over all of the creation, all the planets. If He has control over everything that's growing and created today, if He does, and He does, then I think He has control over every area of our life. I think when disappointments come in your life and mine, and and we're leaking, that one compartment that we've compartmentalized is leaking and we think it's going down, if he has control, then he has control. If he has control over all things, he has control over all things, even every minute details of our life. We as Christians believe that he has control over all creation, from the mama buffaloes to the minute bugs. And yet, we get all twisted up sometimes when we read the headlines. Or when something doesn't go right in our family. Or when we take on a health problem. We get all twisted up and yet we say we believe that Christ is all in all. We say we give him the preeminence because we had devotions this morning and we gave him first of our day. Or we came to church on the first day of the week, so we've given him the preeminence. Have we given him the preeminence, the full control over every area of every compartment in our life? Sometimes we tend to take an area of our life and we take it in a room put it on a shelf maybe it's some past problem that we haven't properly dealt with maybe it's a past sin that we haven't properly dealt with we take it in a room maybe it's a disappointment all of these areas of life that I mention and you maybe have more Every one of them, as I've thought about it, involves people. Relationships. Maybe a relationship went south, and we take it into that room, and we lock it in there. We put it in a jar with a lid on it, and it collects dust, and we don't properly deal with it. Christ wants preeminence over all things. He wants us to expose that, to bring it to him, and to give it to him, not just to complain to him. He wants to hear our complaints, but more than that, he wants control over that specific minute detail of our life. Because if, again, if he has control over all of the universe, and he does, then he can have control over the minute details of our life, even when we feel that they're big. This life is not a Titanic, folks. And if you have a compartment of your life that's leaking, that's, that's drawing energy from you, you feel like that you're going down, you're barely keeping your head above water as those folks did that night, give it to Christ give him the preeminence because he knows the big picture and it's so interesting to me as you read the the wording in just this one passage and we could go to many more concerning the sovereignty of God but he sees the big picture and so if he uses decay and rot and death in the whole picture of creation, if he can use that to bring his glory through creation, and he does, here in a couple of weeks, the leaves will begin to dry and to decay. And they'll turn a beautiful color. And they'll fall to the ground. And there they'll rot. And God uses that for fertilizer. And other things grow from it. If God can use decay and rot and death to bring His glory in creation, then I think He can use our pain, our suffering our hurts, our disappointments, our anxieties for His good and for His glory in the big picture. But that only comes when we give Him those areas of our life. When we give Him preeminence. When we say, God, I want you to be first there through Jesus Christ. The big picture is His glory. And He uses every area of our life, I believe, in the end to bring Him glory as we give preeminence to Him. There's only one way that this is possible and that's in this passage that we read and that's the way of the cross. So this Thought needs expanded, and I don't have time to get into it today, and I don't even know how to express it. But when we think about compartmentalizing our own life, we tend to compartmentalize God himself. We tend to separate creation, the natural creation, from the spiritual creation, and our natural bodies from our spiritual bodies. And I'm, I'm learning that God has brought it all together, that it's, one, it's not compartmentalized with God, that he has brought it all together. And the only way that he can bring all of this together is through the way of the cross. He has reconciled it all to him. And so when mankind fell, I believe all creation fell. And God is bringing it all back together. And I could go, I believe it's in Romans chapter um, 8 that says that, that all creation is now groaning together, waiting for the wit of his uh, uh, adoption. And he brings all of fallen creation, including mankind and in, including our spiritual beings, he brings it all back together. It says here in Colossians 1:19, "...for it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of His cross by Him, to reconcile all things unto Himself by Him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven." And you who were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by the wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through his death to present holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. And I could go on, it speaks about the hope that we have in Christ Jesus because he has reconciled us to God through his blood, through the cross. There's only one way that all things work together for good, and that is through his reconciliation, through the way of the cross. When Romans 8.28 says that all things work together for good, we we tend to pull that out of context, don't we? We tend to look at that as just the good and the blessings that God brings into our life when really the big picture is He has reconciled it all back to Him and in the end even hurts and pains and sufferings and decay and rot all of this is reconciled back to Him for the greater good it all works together for His good and for His glory and so when we We need to bring this message to a close. There's more that could be said. But when we get so discouraged because something happened bad today or or we get so worried because something might happen bad tomorrow that hasn't even happened yet. Let's look at the big picture. Let's give those areas to God through Christ Jesus. Let's give... Jesus, the preeminence in every area of our life. And let's realize that he has reconciled it all back into himself through the way of the cross. And that he will use those areas. When we give it to him, he will use those areas for his good and for his glory. As you have thought about different areas in your life this morning. Hopefully I've stirred up some thought and you've thought about something that happened in the past, something you're hanging on to, something bad that's happened, something good that's happened, you've thought about all the different time slots and eras in your life, I invite you to give it to Him. Because God wants to use those things for His good and for His glory. And there's only one way that He can do that, and that is when we give it to Him, and get, make him first in that area of our life, preeminence. And there's only one way he accomplishes that then, and that is through the reconciliation. He makes, having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things on earth or things in heaven. Is there an area in your life that you're holding back or that you haven't given over totally to him. Let's have a song.